Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his powerful series entitled The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Make sure to have your notebook ready and let's hear what God has for us today. Go ahead. We're going to get right into it today. Today is part two of The Gift That Keeps On Giving. And you know, I just like saying this. It's not a cliche to me. It is just really the most wonderful time of the year. How many of y'all believe that? It is just the most wonderful time of the year. Let's read our foundation text in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I'll do a quick review, and then we'll pick up with all new information. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And his name will be called Wonderful, which means marvelous. He's a counselor. That means he gives advice and gives counsel. He's the mighty God. He has strength, power, and he's strong. Everlasting Father. He's eternal and without end. And he's the Prince of Peace. Prince means the head person, captain, master, and steward. Peace means shalom, uh, safety, welfare, health prosperity, favor, and rest. So he is the head person, captain, master, and steward of our safety, our welfare, our health, our prosperity, our favor, and our rest. And I want to encourage someone right there that if he is the captain, no one should ever steal your peace. Come on, no one should steal your welfare. No one should steal your prosperity. No one should steal your favor. There's nothing anyone can do if you just allow him to steward your peace. See, when you're trying to steward it, how many of you know that's when we get in trouble? But when we let him steward it, well, how do we let him steward it? Isaiah 26, 3 says that he'll keep you in perfect peace. Listen, listen, I'm not finished. Whose mind is stayed on him. So it's really wherever your mind keeps its focus is how much of your peace you keep. Now, Isaiah is writing over 700 years before the birth of Christ. So Isaiah prophesied that Christ would be born, that a son would be given. By stating the prophecy in this way, Isaiah revealed the unique duality of the boy that was to be born. He said, for unto us, or for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. In the Hebrew language, as we learned last week, the term child speaks of human birth. On the other hand, the word son can be seen as speaking of his relationship to the father. So as a child, Jesus was born to a human mother, but as a son, Jesus was linked to his divine father. And we broke that down a little further, and it's worth going over again. A child is born, that speaks to his humanity. A son is given, that speaks of divinity. A child is born, that speaks of impotence or weakness. A son is given, that speaks of omnipotence, unlimited authority or power. A child is born, that speaks of the terrestrial. He was a human being. A son is given, that speaks of the celestial a spiritual being. A child is born, that speaks of something from the earth. A child is given, or a son is given, that speaks of something from the heavenlies. A child is born, that speaks of a son of man. 
and a son that is given speaks of the son of God. So Isaiah caught perfectly the duality of Jesus's nature in the profound words he used to describe the marvelous gift that was, be, uh, was to be given. So Jesus had a earthly mother, but he had no earthly father. And again, every time I read that, I think Joseph would be challenged by that, changing that boy's diapers and cleaning him up. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? Any father-in-laws or stepfather? I don't like to call them stepfathers, but father-in-loves and, and, and bonus fathers. Any bonus fathers in the room? Any bonus fathers? Come on, can we celebrate all the bonus fathers today? Come on, celebrate the bonus fathers in the room today. I take my hat off to you. I commend you, right? But the reality is he really didn't have a heavenly father, earthly father. Jesus had a heavenly father, but no heavenly mother. So he was the most special child ever born. He is the gift of God to you and to me. Somebody say thank you. Thank say it a little better than that. Thank you. Say it three times. Think about it. The most wonderful gift ever given was reserved for you. He's the most special child ever, ever born. Christmas is more than just a special feeling in the air. It's more than just goodwill and love among people. Christmas is special because God entered into human flesh to become the greatest gift the world would ever experience, which is why we've entitled this message The Gift That Keeps On Giving, right? And on last week, we talked about several of the ways that that happens. We all need this gift. How many of y'all have received the gift? Raise your hand if you've already received it. Praise God. How many of y'all have benefited from it every day since you received it? Go ahead and thank him for that. I get to walk in something that I just couldn't do for myself. Come on, somebody. I, I wish I was special by myself, but I'm really not. I'm only special because he made me special. And I thank him for that. And then we looked at that and also underneath that, we all needed what was called the gift of love. Many of us grow up not experiencing love the way it was intended for us to experience it. Right? I know I did. Anybody else willing to say that? But it's something about when I accepted the gift of his son, then I learned the real type of love I was exposed to experience through the love of my heavenly father. We also talked about we needed the gift of light. How many of y'all know the light is the word of God? We were all lost without the light of the word of God, right? And so that has directed our paths. And then we talked about we all needed what was called the gift of life, right? We're born, but there's a type of life that God wants us to live. And that's a life that we can live to the full until it overflows, right? Because God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. It's never for us to just be a bless me club to each other. I mean, you know, God wants to bless us so we can go out to the world and be a blessing to show them how good he's been to us. A lot of times it only exchanges within the four walls, but folks, we need to get out there and show them how good God has been to us in here. Now, let's pick up new information from here. The gift, this gift actually works. Number two, this gift actually works. 
Most of us have received gifts at Christmas that didn't work. Raise your hand if you ever received a gift at Christmas that didn't work. Especially when you were a kid. I know my admin and I were talking, and we played Nintendo when I was a kid. And we'd get those cartridges. And you remember when the cartridges wouldn't work? Come on, anybody? Come on, you blowing those things, boy, until you, till you almost passed out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You tap the thing. I mean, you... And then we got so smooth, we would go get a Q-tip. You know what I'm talking about. Put that Q-tip in the alcohol and then try to clean that a little bit. Then blow on it some more, right? Stick that cartridge back in there. And how I many over time, eventually, that Nintendo, we, we made it work. We figured out, hey, you, go, you are going to work. But I, I looked on Consumer Report this morning, and, and really for 13 straight years, the number one item that's gifted to people every year, believe it or not, is gift cards. And so on that report, it said millions of dollars go unspent. But then another millions of dollars are given, and there's nothing on them. Anyone ever received a gift card that it didn't have anything on it? That's happened to me. Now, there's some other times uh, where I think people didn't realize they used it. <laughs> My wife and I, we were talking this morning, and, and, and we had one that said $200 on it. When we got to the restaurant, the restaurant told us uh, this card has 97 cents on it. And then in another instance, our best friends gave us, a, I think, an expensive car, and we went to use it. It had nothing on it. So we didn't call the other ones. We just let that go. We said, okay, all right, we, we just let that. But our best friends, we called them and said, hey, I, we know you all wouldn't have done this. Because <laughs> we have a relationship with them. And sure enough, they wouldn't have, so she sent the receipt. Right? And as long as you have the receipt, then believe it or not, you can actually take the same car because the numbers are with the receipt and the correction can be made. Just take it back to where it was purchased for. Any of those stores around the United States, that was adjusted, corrected, and we received that. Now, how many of y'all have had an experience like that where the gift that you received, it just didn't work? Online, I want you to type it in for me. Just type in what you received, a toy, a gift card, or something like that. I really would love to see that, something that just didn't work. How I many know Jesus is a gift that actually works? And listen to me. He, it works every time you use him, right? And so a lot of us think that's far-fetched, but, but it really isn't. Jesus said, anytime you pray to the Father in my name, he hears you. And he says, whatever you ask the Father according to my will, he'll do it, right? I know that sounds far-fetched, folks, but, but you can literally use that. In John chapter 15, he says that if you just abide in me as I abide in you, verse 7, right? He said, you can ask for whatever you will, and it'll be done unto you, right? Notice that's a relationship. He says, if you have that level of relationship with me, just go ahead and ask for what you will because I know you won't ask for anything because of the relationship that we have that will violate my will. You all see that? 
This is real. Jesus is a gift that actually works, folks. And I think the world is challenged by that. God made a promise and fulfilled the promise with the divine provision. This gift, his son, is real. Somebody say, Jesus is the real deal. Type that in online. Jesus is the real deal. He really is, folks. I'm going to prove that to you today. This gift is real. I have another story to share with you. There were two little boys playing one Christmas, and the two little boys were praying, and the one little boy realized that his friend had an artificial tree. How many of y'all grew up with artificial trees? It's all right. That's all we had, artificial the same one every year. Go back down, take that out the box, unfold those. Come on, somebody. And stick them things, stick them back in there. Come on, somebody. Put that thing down in there. Come on, put the little stuff around the bottom and put that in a corner somewhere. And whoo, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> come on, everybody come from my background, right? We didn't have no real trees in that house. Real trees cost money. So the two little boys were playing, and the one little boy noticed that his friend had an artificial tree. And the friend asked him, he said, doesn't it bother you that you all have an artificial tree and not a real tree? And the little boy who had the artificial tree said, no, it doesn't bother us at all, as long as the gifts underneath are real. And so, God's Son is a present, folks, that is real. So much about Christmas today is artificial. They've made it about Santa Claus and reindeers. Come on, somebody. They made it about everything that's artificial and nothing about what's really real. But Jesus is real, folks. He really saves. He really heals. Come on, he really delivers. Come on, somebody in here has experienced that. Come on, he really gives peace. Come on, he really loves you. Come on, somebody. He really will take you to heaven. How many of y'all believe all of that today? <clears throat> How many of y'all have experienced his realness in your life? How many of y'all can testify right now? Tell somebody next to you something real he's done for you. Online, type in something real he's done for you. Come on, don't be disobedient in here. I see some of y'all just still staring at me. All right, stop. Find another person and just, because I know he's done more than just one thing for you. Tell somebody else something real he's done for you. All right, now, I want you to do me a favor. If you're really thankful for that, then give him a real praise for it right now. Come on, give him a real thanksgiving for it. Give him a real praise because he's been real to us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 
So letter A up underneath point number two, we see this in how he displays his power. Notice the phrase, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Government refers to Jesus, literally, who was born to have the responsibility of ruling the earth. Those who come to him have the responsibility of allowing him to give them direction and to lead their lives. I don't care who you think the most powerful person is in the world or who has the most money, none of them can compare to Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, they aren't running anything. Jesus is still in control. Come on. He is still the supreme in authority. He still sets up one and takes down another. Come on, somebody. He still is the boss who is in charge of everything. And we have a responsibility to let him rule our lives. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 13, out of the New King James Version reads this way. It says, let this mind be in you or allow it to. That word mind there means attitude. So, so let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of attitude was that? Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Wow. That's a powerful statement. I wish I had time to park there for a minute, but you literally are more powerful in the earth than you really realize. You literally can do everything that Jesus did. If he did it, you can do it. But he made himself of no reputation. See, notice he didn't make it about him. But he took on the form of a bondservant and became, and coming in the likeness of men as a baby and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that's president, that's billionaire, that's trillionaire. Come on, somebody. All these people that we worship today, none of them are higher than Jesus. I wish I could get a little better amen in this place. All of these people that we worship, none of them have a name that's higher than the name of Jesus. So God highly exalted him and gave him a name. <clears throat> which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every billionaire's knee, every millionaire's knee. Come on, somebody. Every president's knee, every, come on, somebody, every dictator's knee. That day is going to come, folks, where every knee must bow to the name of Jesus, right? Now, I want to point something out here, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. So, three different realms. So, whether you acknowledge that in this life or the next, whether that next life is in hell or heaven, you still have to say the same thing. You still will look up and say, Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody, ought to, man. I, I I don't know what I I don't know what else. So to me, it would make all the sense in the world to receive that gift now. 
than to miss heaven and to look up from, from below the earth to say then what you had the opportunity to say while you were on the earth. That's authority, folks. I said, that's authority, folks. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, Dave, when I meditated that, can you imagine being in hell and still saying that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God in heaven? But it does nothing for me down there now. I was meditating that, and that just, I don't know, that just messed me up. That what I refuse to say on earth, I'm still going to have to open my mouth up in hell and say, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. Now let's not even waste no time. Say it with me, because he said every tongue is going to confess it. Somebody say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, Lord is Lord to the glory, to the glory of, God the of God the Father. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm in the right place today. Come on, somebody. Come on. We are not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 14. I'm just going to save some time today. Go to Romans chapter 14, 7 through 9. says that no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself. While we live, we must live for our master. And in death, we must bring honor to him. That is, that's military to me. In our death, we must bring honor to him. You know what that means? That when we leave this earth, should the Lord tear, people can stand up and say, that man or that woman lived a life that was pleasing to God. Now, if you know me, I don't put people in heaven. If it's a home going and I don't know, I don't talk about it. I just talked to the people that are left. Because how many know you stand up there and the people out there know? They know Junior didn't live like that. <laughs> and you up there talking about the life he lived and, and heaven got a good one and blah, blah, blah. How many know in the reality is the, the people out there know? So if we don't know, we don't put people in heaven. That's why I'm glad when my time comes. See, that's a death that honors God. When your time comes, that's a death that honors God. We don't fear death. It's actually a vacation with a free flight. What's those miles called? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You already knew where I was going. <laughs> They preaching for me over there, right? So no one lives for himself. No one dies to himself. While we live, we must live for our master. And in death, we must bring honor to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. For this very reason, the anointed one died and was brought back to life again. 
so that he could become the Lord God over both the dead and the living. Let's talk about this word shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. The word shoulder in the Hebrew means the place of burdens. So Jesus promised that if we would give him our burdens, he would, we can have rest to our souls. How many of y'all just feel tired right now? Just raise your hand. It's okay to be on. Just feel like, you know what? It's just, ah, just I'm tired of going through. It's okay. Raise your hand. Right? It's called life, right? Many people experience that. But Jesus said here, or the scripture said in Isaiah 9, 6, that the government, right, shall be upon his shoulders. So a lot of times when we carry it on our shoulders, that's when we wear ourselves out. His shoulders are actually big enough to carry all of our burdens. Right? But when we're trying to work it out and do it for ourselves, that's when we end up getting ourselves in trouble. So go with me to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic. And I love this here. It's an invitation. I I love invitations. Uh, It begins in verse 28. It says, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yoke is my teachings. It says, take my teachings upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest or release and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So let's go slow. How do we get to the place where we can find relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and a blessed quietness for our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions? Because remember, he said, if you're laboring and you're heavy laden, he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. So the exchange is then you don't have to really toil for things anymore. Right? You have to learn how to believe for things. But watch this. You can't believe for things if you don't know what he said about them. So that's why he said, come and learn of me. See, take my yoke upon you. Find out the way that I do things. See, many of us are trying to do things our way. Now, the scripture says, he said, my way is easy and it's light. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that the way of a transgressor is hard. Transgressor goes against. See, what God is trying to get us to do is go with. You all see the difference? And so there's always a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. So we've got to figure out how would God do what I'm attempting to do, right? Single people date his way. Dating is for collecting data, not swapping spit. I need a little better amen in the house of God. And we want to find out enough about each other without getting our bodies involved. 
I mean, I know we kissing and we just met. What, we, what are we doing? Now, don't look away. You're going to tell me something if you look away. And then we sleeping together weeks later. We ain't learned nothing about each other yet. And we talking about, oh, and nobody, everybody no good. But you in the same situation. So there's a way to do that. Somebody say, just move on with the message, Pastor. <laughs> Can I just be honest with you all? One of the main reasons why I didn't want to get married. Now, this is before marriage, but I could not see how I was going to be with one person. That was hard to me for the rest of my life. What? One person for the rest of my life? No. Anybody else in here willing to be honest? Now, some, now some of y'all next to your spouse right now, put your hand down. They're going to elbow you and kick you in your head. Boy, you better watch out. I can say these things. That, that's just the truth. But now, after 24 years of marriage, I praise God for that. And I'm being godly honest here. I couldn't imagine myself with anyone else. And she just reminded me of that on that anniversary weekend that the, she is the gift that just tired, worn out, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. I like that. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So when I, when I see unforced rhythms of grace, I see somebody in a zone. You know what I'm talking about? If you ever been in one, I'm talking about where you just get in a zone where the basket just looks like it's that big and you can close your eyes and just drop 50 on somebody and not even... This is how life, God said, if you'll just walk with me and learn and do stuff the way I do it, you'll get in a rhythm where things will just come easy for you. Still won't be without a challenge, but you'll get in a rhythm in life and things will just. I want to read that slow again. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, somebody ought to praise God for that right there. Learning the unforced rhythms of grace. And when you're trying to make stuff happen in your life for yourself, I mean, you know, that can be hard and just wear you out. But when it's unforced, you just happen to be at the right place at the right time around the right people and things just coming together the way they're supposed to come together. Letter B. We see this in the definition of his person as our wonderful counselor. 
So we live in a cynical age, right? We live in a time when it seems like all promises are futile and useless, right? Somebody says to us, I promise you I'll do this for you. How I many know most of us are like, <laughs> right or wrong? We don't really believe too much in what people tell us today. Is that accurate? I got you. I promise you. I'll look out for you. Right? We don't really do that. So we live in a time when it seems like all promises are futile and useless, but God's promises in Christ are real and true. And he is a promise, folks, that you can believe. Listen, don't, don't take promises from the world. Take promises from God. And he will deliver for you every single time. Go with me to Psalm 16, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, stanzas 5 through 9. Psalm 16 says, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. Smart writer here. You are my prize. This psalmist is extremely bright and brilliant. He says, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. That's like the song we sang today. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. See, that's unforced. I just trust you with the outcome, God. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you. For you have given me the best. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Man, I don't know how many of y'all have ever experienced that where you went to bed not knowing what to do, and you woke up in the morning with an aha moment like, bae, this is what we're supposed to do. How many times has that happened? How many of you know that's a beautiful thing right there? Well, we, we would just, we couldn't figure out, we, let's sleep on it. And we wake up in the morning, and the Spirit of God was just speaking to us while we were asleep. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and my soul explode with joyful of glory. Joyful of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. Proverbs 12, 15, the New King James Version says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. There's something I try to live by in my life. I go to God first. That is always my first form of counsel. My second layer of counsel is always who's done what I'm trying to do. Right? So when this started, Apostle Price, I only talk to people who did this. Everybody else was trying to tell me what to do. But it's amazing how many people know what to do that's never done nothing. Come on, I need a little better amen in that. So I hear those people, but I listen to the ones who've actually done what I'm attempting to do. God 
and then wise counselors from godly people who have done what I'm trying to do. Okay? I can always tell, right, when, when well, I'll leave that alone. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. I'll leave that right there. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, right? Especially when somebody has shown you what God says. And you still. Sure they get quiet in here. So listen, if you come to me, I'm telling you the truth. Most of the time, it's not what people want to hear. Last verse of the day. How many of y'all getting anything out of this today? How many of y'all glad you came to church today? How many of y'all glad that this is a gift that works? All right? Christ will always give you good counsel. And he is always the best guide. Listen to me. If you're going to travel outside the country, you can go get you a little Uber or get you a little rental car if you want to. And you've never been in this country before. And you're getting ready to find yourself in a bunch of places you don't need to be. Spending money you would have never had to spend. Get you a good guide. Right? When you go on a cruise and they drop you off on one of those islands, <laughs> we've learned, get the guys that the ship recommends. <laughs> Not the ones waiting on you down when you come off the boat. They have some tours that they will take you on too. And I'll just say we learned that one the hard way trying to save a buck or two. But Coco, Coco took us all around the island. <laughs> when we got back, we didn't go nowhere. And, and I'll just leave that story alone. We stood there and looked and said, hey, didn't we just... And Coco said $40 per person. There are four of us in the car. There's eight of us in the car, $40 per person. Family, get a guide. What's my point in sharing that with you? You need a guide through life as well. Psalms 23, and we'll close right here for the day. It says, David's poetic praise to God, verses 1 through 6, Passion Translation. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I will always have more than enough. Notice, if he's your shepherd, you're going to always have more than enough provision, more than enough guidance, and more than enough protection. Right? I will always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me on an oasis of peace, the quiet brooks of bliss. 
That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure, and he leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Now, that's a powerful, I don't know if you all even caught that. I don't know if you all caught that right there. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Let that sink in for a minute. See, see once he's overwhelmed you and, and taken over your life, fear can't exist in that. You remain close to me and you lead me through it all, all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. So give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that right there. How life just goes full circle, right? There's a part in here I think I read over. I want to make sure I, I share that. Yeah, verse stanza four. I didn't read that. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, and I want to share that. Sometimes his path will take us through dark places. All of us. See, I've learned now, I'm a little bit older now, 54. Maturity tells me all rain or all sun and no rain is not healthy. Just like all rain and no sun is not healthy. How many of you know you need a good balance of both of those for the earth to, to prosper and, and vegetation to be what it needs to be? But let's keep reading there. Even though your path leads me through the deepest, darkest valleys, Fear will never conquer me, for you already have, right? So that's the key there, that I, know I don't go through these dark valleys by myself. He goes through them with me, right? And because he goes through them with me, I always come out victorious on the other side. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result, 
of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833-988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.